0: As WWE gets set to run its first Payback event for three years, these six Paybacks so far have got some cracking secrets and revelations hidden within them, such as why Payback was initially cancelled, the real story behind the House of Horrors, and why exactly Payback is particularly tied to a certain Feed Me More fella. With that in mind, imagine from what culture wrestling, and here are 10 things you didn't know about WWE Payback. Number 10. The reason for Payback's initial cancellation Yes, Payback was reintroduced in 2020, but why was the event removed from the WWE calendar in the first place? The answer comes down to the ever-fluid topic of WWE's brand split. Running as a regular pay-per-view from 2013 until 2016, 2017 saw Payback become a Raw exclusive event. Of course, the Superstar shakeup meant that this Raw event did feature SmackDown talent, But hey, that's forever the case when something involves WWE and a brand split. The 2018 Payback was intended to be a SmackDown-only pay-per-view, until a change of strategy saw those plans scuppered. That change of strategy was to move away from brand-exclusive pay-per-views, which in turn meant less pay-per-views were needed by WWE, Payback was one of the events to get the axe. Number 9. Payback 2014 Broke a Near 8-Year Streak Payback 2014 has the accolade of being the first WWE pay per view to not feature a men's world title match for nearly eight years. Prior to that payback, the last time the top prize or prizes of the men's division wasn't defended on pay per view was back at Armageddon 2006 where WWE Champion John Cena teamed with World Heavyweight Champion Batista to take on King Bucker and fit Finley in a match where neither world title were on the line. For the next seven and a half years, at least one of the company's men's world titles would be defended whenever each pay-per-view rolled around. That was, of course, until Payback 2014 brought a halt to that streak. The WWE title and World Heavyweight Championship had been unified as the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, the trinket that Daniel Bryan would defeat Randy Orton and Batista for for at WrestleMania 13. Unfortunately, Bryan was out of action due to neck issues by the time of Payback 2014, which is why the WWE World Heavyweight title wasn't defended at that event. Sadly, the Bryan would be Kate's goal just eight days after a payback, which was headlined by The Shield versus Evolution. Number 8. Keith Lee's Only Singles WWE PLE Win Having received nods of approval from both Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar during his initial appearances on the main roster, big Things appeared to be in the future for Keith Lee once he moved from NXT to Raw after SummerSlam 2020. Sadly, a mixture of Vince McMahon and some extremely serious health issues with Big Keith meant his spell on the main roster was a forgettable one. Discounting his time in NXT, Payback 2020 was as good as it got for Limitless' WWE run, as that payback saw Lee score his one and only singles win on a WWE Premium Live event, which came over 14 time world champion Randy Orton. Keith would be on Raw's winning team at the Survivor Series at November, but Payback stands as the former NXT Champion's sole 1-on-1 PLE win from his time on the main roster. Considering how many expected to see Keith Lee as a major player on WWE Premium Live events for years to come, it's somewhat remarkable to reflect back on the role that Payback now has in Keith Lee's history. Number 7. Mr. Payback Shawn Michaels is of course known as Mr WrestleMania, and Bret Hart, Brock Lesnar and Edge are just some of those in the conversation when looking for a Mr Summerslam. If there were to be a Mr Payback though? That man would be Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns has the most appearances at Payback, competing six times, but Rollins has a better record where this event is concerned. Of Roman's six outings, he currently stands at 4 for 2. For Seth Rollins, he and Reigns retained the WWE tag team titles against Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton in 2013. The Shield as a full trio defeated Evolution in the main event of Payback 2014. The Architect would successfully defend his World Heavyweight title against Orton Reigns and Dean Ambrose in 2015. There was a win over Samoa Joe in 2017, and Seth's only loss at Payback came in 2020 when he and Buddy Murphy were beaten by the Mysterios. As for uh, Mrs Payback, there sadly really isn't one, as the only female to compete more than once is Bailey, and she's lost both of her Payback matches. Number six, Randy Orton's awful payback record. Orton is tied for second place with Rollins when it comes to the most appearances at payback, but the Viper remains winless in all five of his payback matches. As mentioned, payback 2020 saw Randall Keith lose to Keith Lee. Prior to that, 2017 was a loss to Bray Wyatt in the House of Horrors. 2016 had Randy Orton come up short in a four-way match for Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Title. 2014 had Randy part of that evolution that lost to The Shield, and 20. Thirteen had Orton unsuccessfully team with Daniel Bryan against the Shields, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. Yeah, payback's not great for Randy. Number five, less than one hour of women's wrestling. Of the six Payback's so far, the women's matches of these events total less than one hour. To be specific, WWE's ladies have wrestled for 57 minutes and 21 seconds, cumulatively in the history of Payback. AJ Lee defeating Caitlin for the Divas title at Payback 2013, Paige retaining that same title against Alicia Fox in 2014, and Naomi and Tamina beating the Bella Twins in 2015, all of those matches clocked in at under 10 minutes. Alexa Bliss defending the Raw Women's title against Bayley in 2017, and Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax beating Bailey and Sasha Banks for the women's tag titles in 2020. Those matches would just nudge over that 10-minute mark. And the longest women's match in payback history happened in 2016. That 2016 event saw WWE Women's Champion Charlotte Flair take on Natalya in a bout which ran for 13 minutes and four seconds. And for those wondering, the shortest payback women's match was that Paige and Alicia Fox match, with the anti-diva tapping out Foxy after just six minutes and 37 seconds. Less than one hour across six events, that's pretty darn horrendous. Number 4, The Ryback Connection. To steal a line from Randy Savage, Ryback very much had a cup of coffee in the big time. Oh, yeah. Dreadful impression, I know. But upon the former Skip Sheffield returning from injury in April 2012 with his new Ryback mantle, the powerhouse went on a tear through the roster. While that initial rise saw Ryback come up short against then WWE Champion CM Punk, a heel turn post WrestleMania 29 put the big guy up against John Cena who by that point was once again WWE champ. At the first ever Payback in 2013, Ryback was a major player, main evented against Cena for the WWE title in a three stages of hell match. Headlining the pay-per-view against the biggest star in the modern era, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Skip ahead just three years, and Payback would again be noteworthy for Ryback, but this time for being his final appearance for WWE. Losing to Kalisto on the event's pre-show, Ryback and his pre-show Stopper Trunk soon departed the WWE due to a paid dispute from the payback main event to the payback pre-show is quite a journey in just three years number three the hitman's last ever sharpshooter. Payback 2016 has the honour of playing host to Bret Hart's final ever sharpshooter. Despite being forced to retire in 2000, there were still occasional moments where Bret got physical, such as putting the sharpshooter on Damien Sandow on a 2014 episode of WWE main event. As it stands though, the final ever sharpshooter of Bret Hart's career belongs to Payback 2016, where the WWE Hall of Famer was in the corner of his niece Natalia as she challenged Charlotte Flair for the WWE Women's title, with Flair having her father in the corner, the excellent of execution was there to neutralise the Nature Boy. Natalya would get screwed on that night, but at least post-match she and Bret Hart got to lock in simultaneous sharpshooters. And what a sight it was. Number 2. The final WWE match for Cody Rhodes. At that 2014 event, Cody and Goldust came up short against Ryback and Curtis Axel. Left rocked by this loss, Cody followed the Owen Hart mantra of, enough is enough and it's time for a change. Only that change initially involved Cody putting Sin Cara, and then our truth with Goldust. With those partnerships not working out, Cody then debuted his face-painted, bodysuit-wearing eccentric persona of Stardust. We'd had the Legacy Cody, we'd had dashing and undashing versions of Cody, we'd had the Rhodes Scholars Cody, and payback 2014 had seen the final match for the Cody Rhodes name. The promotion was obviously extremely eager to welcome him back to the fold as Cody Rhodes upon the American Nightmares' return to WWE last year. Number one, the truth behind the House of Horrors. While Payback 2017 took place from San Jose, California's SAP Center, one match started away from that arena. Yes, that would be the House of Horrors match between the late Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. At the time, this House of Horrors was depicted, based on the time it took the competitors to return to the arena, as being approximately a 30-minute drive from the SAP Centre. In reality, the drive from the payback venue to Wyatt's creepy old house would have been closer to 30 hours rather than 30 minutes. As picked up at the time by Sports Illustrated, the House of Horrors itself was located at 39115 Business 10 Highway, Richmond. Missouri. Not just that, but the property was also listed for sale at the time of Payback 2017, with a house available for the fairly modest sum of $36,000. Sure, the house and its outbuildings needed a bit of work, but $36,000 seems like a steal for someone wanting to make memories in the one and the same place where Randy Orton had a refrigerator dropped on him. So, that's our 10 things you didn't know about WWE Payback. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, turn those notification bells on and come and give us a follow on Twitter or X at WhatCoachWE. While you're there, you can find myself at CoachLovePeg, And most importantly, be sure to have the best possible day. Whether you're doing something or whether you're doing absolutely nothing, I hope it goes well for you. And if things don't go so well, I hope they turn around as soon as possible. I've been Andrew Paul from what Culture Wrestling, and I'll catch you down the road. Planning for your next trip?